0: hello and welcome to the Lou review this is your host rosa and today i have two special guests marshall and donique pence and we met because you have taylor's cereal bowl kitchen in jeffersonville indiana and you invited me to come check it out and it is an amazing unique place can you describe um all that is taylor's cereal bowl kitchen
1: okay yeah absolutely so basically uh We garnered the idea of some way how to make interactive gaming uh, more relevant, uh, and we paired it with ice cream. So we're not the ice cream shop of past. We're the ice cream shop of new. And uh, with a lot of cutting-edge technology uh, that we help code, well, basically I help code during the COVID, uh, which allows the children uh, a multitude of different things uh different experiences uh but really what's really dear to our heart is the real vision of this facility It's dedicated to real children with neurodivergent tendencies uh, uh you know uh autism uh uh brain injuries you mm-hmm. know stuff like that just and it's just they we just wanted to provide a space because of course I have a personal connection by me having an autistic son mm-hmm. and an autistic nephew. So mm-hmm. I have several decades of experience dealing with autism, trying to find locations to take my children, take my nephew to where they would feel safe, feel comfortable, where I wouldn't have to explain myself, you know, when they start cycling or most people would consider it a, a meltdown. But we, we call it cycling. And the mm-hmm. only reason why it's called cycling because they're they're there trying to engage into something else because what they're doing presently is not keeping them entertained any longer. So now mm-hmm. they want to move on. So that was one of the reasons that we really wanted to, to create the facility to have like a think tank for parents of autistic children. Mm-hmm. Now, understand that it's open to all children. All children are welcome, man. We just want to make that perfectly clear because I know a lot of times when we say we're only dedicated to neurodivergent children people say oh um well, i guess my kids can't go no but that's not the case you know mm-hmm. this is a, a open space it's uh you know So free. when people
0: walk in the door and they see on the left hand side you have your ice cream options yes. which You've got dairy-free, vegan options. Yes. You've got gluten-free options. Yes. Um, And then there's a variety of textures you can add to the ice cream Cream. flavors, right? Right. Can you talk to us some about that? (laughs) Well,
1: research and studies have suggested that most children with autism, uh, they don't like a smooth palate. They like Mm. a palate with texture. So that's when my wife started thinking about how could she create different recipes with cereal mm-hmm. to make what we call now of coined the term cereal shape. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was the real premise of doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just didn't want to have just uh, the regular soft serve ice cream. We wanted mm-hmm. to do real ice cream for the flavor. And uh, it, it it goes well because I think, I don't think people under really understand the concept when you use real ice cream with the cereal, it makes sense. When you mm. use the, um, I say, the frozen yogurt or custard, it, it kind of makes the cereal not, it kind of sogs it down because mm. most of that ice cream is carrying water, but the, and that's oh, yeah. and that's the difference. So it kind of sogs the cereal. So we had to go to a premium ice cream with more cream in it versus the water. So
0: okay.
1: That was one of the reasons. Yeah. And
0: then once they get their ice cream and stuff ordered and they're waiting they can take a few steps more into the um eating area but it doesn't look like an eating area it looks like a combination of a classroom and a playroom (laughs) like there's so much to do there i think we could have like done without eating anything and just had the kids play all day um so can you describe for us the different play areas that you have set up
1: yeah absolutely so at station one we have uh, the interactive Rubik's Cubes, uh, and also we have uh, the technology, which I have no, I, you know, we just purchased it, but it's called Osmo. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend all parents to kind of help train their children with Osmos because they have so many interactive products to help educate your children. Uh, mm. And it, it, it makes learning real fun.
0: My daughter loved it so much. She was like, forget all that stuff I said I wanted for Christmas. I want an Osmo. <laughs>
1: yeah, right, right, right. Absolutely. And then to the right of Osmo, we have a a total interactive floor where the kids can participate in all a sort, array of different games that they can play, which really works on their fine motor skills and their critical thinking uh, because a lot of it is dealing with math. Uh, oh. uh, they can travel in time to to pick out states, you know, mm-hmm. identify states, numbers, spellings, division. You know, you can do pretty much all that. And then we also have the regular fun games like the uh, the bunny hero where that really works on their balance. And uh just their critical thinking overall. And then from there, uh, they can move to the desk which is area 3.
0: It's kind of set up like a classroom, classroom. and you have yeah. like a kind of a movie screen on the wall. Yes. Mhm.
1: And that's what we call the living animation. So what it basically does is allow the children to color a scene and that scene will then once it's placed under the scanner, it would become living animation. Now it's moving wow. around on the screen.
0: And they'll get to see their work come They're, to life. Yeah,
1: exactly. Just the way they colored it. And, you know, and then, of course, it also accepts their name so they don't have the hard time trying to figure out where their picture is on mm-hmm. the on the screen. Because, you know, of course, we can load up to about 25 different images at one time. So, Ooh. so yeah, so the children can kind of see where their name and their little, you know, whatever they've drawn uh,
0: On the screen, yes. That's really high tech. But Mm -hmm. we also had some like blocks like Tetris that the kids were really enjoying playing with. Yes.
1: So we've we've now uh moved Tetris back in time to where you actually (laughs) physically have to move it. Yeah. Because of course as you very well know, Tetris was a big uh electronic game Mm -hmm. uh in the early late eighties, early nineties. Well, we've took a play from that. And now it's made of wood blocks, which mm-hmm. really the children have to actually physically move the parts in place.
0: And fit them together. And fit them and
1: together, yeah. Learn yeah.
0: that spatial measurement. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And then you also have a 3D printer. Yes,
1: so the kids' children can also make their own toys. And uh, how
0: do they do that?
1: Well, we have apps on our iPads, and our. if they have a smartphone, they can just download, and it would. Actually, they can go on there, create their toy, and then it will print it out for them. So, yeah.
0: Wow. That's just so impressive and overwhelming at the same time. But like you said, their brains are moving so fast Fast. from one thing to the next. Yes. Yeah. And
1: like I explained to you, it's like us as parents, we're wearing a nine-inch high heel, and the children are wearing track shoes. And if you don't have enough stuff for them, you know, we'll never be able to catch them. Because, mm. of course, we're in heels and they have them on gym shoes. So, they they can just constantly go and go and go.
0: Now, where's he getting this high heel analogy from? Do you wear nine <laughs> inch high heels, Dunny? I don't
2: think I can wear them. <laughs> but, but I can wear some heels, but
0: not that high. <laughs> That'd be a, 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 those would have to be platforms, right? Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. So, Dunny, had you ever taken your son anywhere like this that you felt like you had a similar experience to what you've created here that inspired you or did you have to come up with this idea together from scratch yeah
2: it's from scratch though there's no place that we've ever heard of or been to that's nothing like this wow yeah
0: that's a lot of imagination to put together to be like we're going to make a business out of this and we're going to create this space that our families never had right so, it's different to just duplicate something you've seen somewhere else. So, good job, you guys. Well, we you. always get people
2: that, you know, ask, is there mm-hmm. somewhere else like this? And I'm like, no. And then they, they were like, no, we can't think of anything either. Yeah. So, they asked us, do we know of somewhere else? And we're like, mm-hmm. no, we don't. Wow.
0: Well, I bet it would be really great for people who are coming in from out of town for, like, conferences, like, I don't know, homeschool conferences or anything like that well, to take a excursion day to yeah. come to your shop and learn right. so that there can be more places created yep. like this. And
1: we're getting a real big interest of late with uh, people that are doing homeschools. Yeah. Because a lot of
0: those kids can't go to normal school. Exactly.
1: And, and they're, they're these homeschools are forming homeschool groups.
0: Yeah, like co-ops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. So, we've been getting a lot of interest in that. So, I've been kind of trying to figure out How could I implement that into a day-to-day operation, you know, kind of to help out? Uh, But like I say, it's a great idea. You know, I'm I'm really a big component of people being able to just have a think tank where we can just kind of bounce ideas off one another Mm -hmm. and learn from each other, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah.
0: And I love how there's so much creative opportunity when kids come in there. They can... They could draw and create things, or they could build things in the 3D printer. Like, you showed me the difference in a two-dimensional creation and a three-dimensional creation. Um, can you tell us some more about what you can see coming out of these kids' minds yeah, through that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I believe you were referring to the story about Mr. Ryan, who is a 18-year-old nonverbal autistic gentleman. And uh, his coloring or let's say the way he colors mm-hmm. is uh maybe on the second or third grade level. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Ryan is smart enough and capable enough to go into the AV pad and go beyond the uh let's say predetermined things that they can make mm-hmm. to create his own fighter plane, which, you know, I thought was amazing. Uh, because I've never seen it done, you know, like I said, it's, it's a lot of work that he would have to, and being nonverbal. So he can't really tell you what he was Mm -hmm. doing or
0: ask for help, ask for help. Exactly. He had to figure it out on his own. Exactly.
1: So, and it was just amazing that he went through all the coding into the back door of the coding to then make a 3d fighter versus a child making like a, a flat surface toy, you know, Mm -hmm. this had all the dimensions. Shape the wings to the rotors. You know, it had everything. That's so, beautiful. yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, is it all family run by you guys right now? Or yes, yes. Because I, it seemed like you guys were a pretty tight knit family running yeah. that whole shop on yes. Saturday. Yes, yeah. So, do you have um, plans to expand it and create another location? Or
1: yeah, well, what you're looking at on uh there on Spring Street is the prototype to more locations. Great. We wanted to make sure we had that down packed mm-hmm. before we thought because we would like to say it seems easy, but it's a little bit harder than what most people would imagine. I don't think it seems right.
0: easy. but <laughs> Well,
1: you might not, but some people do. And yeah. like I said, I, I just wanted to make sure that we had all the technology down, uh, all the shakes down so mm-hmm. we could pass on the knowledge to someone who else you know that we bring on you know so we wanted to make sure we had all our excellent old of the game plan you know yeah. so yeah
0: troubleshoot things yes and narrow it yeah. down right That's great yeah and then um did you see yourself going into being a business owner or you said you've written some code for this are you like have you done a lot of coding in your career
1: no, before then? No, I'm actually, by trade, I am a, I own a barber, well, actually the only barber college in the southern region of Indiana, but uh, by trade, I'm a barber, uh, 32 years, uh, school owner for 23 plus years, uh, and uh, I just really didn't see that path coming, yeah. but I knew it was necessary and needed, mm-hmm. and uh, well, like I say, we started with that building by basically doing Airbnbs, but then we move to retail. And moving to retail, it just caused us to let our creativity go. So, Mm -hmm. of course, you can see how creative it looks inside, and it's thanks to my wife, you know, and her design.
0: So what's your background, Donique?
2: I have a bachelor's in human resource management, and I'm also a licensed cosmetologist.
0: Oh. oh. Is that how you two met? Because you have... No, no? no. we met through friends. So okay. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you're both into making people beautiful. Right. So. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. But, yeah. So,
0: then, well, I just bought it all, you
2: know, to what we got going on now. So.
0: Did you... When you had... Your autistic son, did, did that mean you had to stay home with him, or were you able to work?
2: Well, biologically, he's not mine. We're okay. a blended family. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay, gotcha. He is mine, but mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, he, I
2: didn't have him. Okay. But he's my stepson, so.
0: Okay. Yeah. Great. And then have, um, so were you continuing to work as a cosmetologist um, while you were doing the barber college, or like what has your career looked like?
2: I've been in and out of doing all my salon. We ha- I had a salon for a while, and we closed it down during COVID, and then mm. that's when we decided to open this up. So we opened it up during COVID. Comfort, yeah. Okay, so in
0: 2020 and 21? Yep. Which one's it? 20. 2020. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. It gave us all a lot of time, to think, didn't it? Yep. Because we're some of there.
1: us too much time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you're pointing at, but yeah. So, like, I didn't start this podcast until 2020. You know, you yeah. sit around long enough and you're like, I'm tired of staring at my own four walls. I right. need to get out and see things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I love seeing all the creativity that came out of having that time to absolutely. get bored enough to come up with some cool ideas, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So, how did you learn to do coding? Marshall for just kind of messing
1: around kind of messing around because <clears throat> actually I started uh, maybe 2013 I helped design an app for my students because I uh, was having issues um, with certain stu- students being able their, their learning capabilities and what I mean by that is uh, my barber school generally is catered to young men between, and young women between 18 and, say, 30. Well, I was getting a disparity between the older clientele. They've kind of been removed from college, high school Mm -hmm. for decades. So the the new guys coming out, you know, they kind of get it real quick. Mm -hmm. So I had to figure out a play because it was almost beginning to get em- embarrassing mm. because, you know, they were kind of reading a little slow and people were like, uh, you know, <laughs> And you could see it. But, it, yeah. but it, you know, especially among males, mm-hmm. their egos mm-hmm. sometimes get a little, you know, a little bruised. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure a way to be able to move students along at their own pace. So that's the reason why we created the app so they can mm-hmm. kind of actually study. And that's the reason why I call my program the Working Persons Program, because normally barber schools, you have to go straight through from 830 to 430. Well, because I designed the apps to where they could do their testing online, just like online classes for yeah. most popular colleges, we do, we have that same premise. So <clears throat> I tried to make it so comfortable and so easy for a student to be able to, if you're on chapter one and I'm on chapter one, well, chapter one was a little hard for me I can still continue to go over but I wouldn't want to hold you back to right. go on to chapter two. Mm-hmm. So that's really the reason, because like I say, sometimes I might get people that can do two or three chapters in one week. Mm-hmm. You know, Why would they want to sit around and wait on a person still on chapter one? So mm-hmm. I had to devise a plan and a plan of action to just kind of keep that process moving along. So... People wouldn't get discouraged, be like, geez, why am I still waiting on this person? You know, yeah. I want to move on to chapter five. So that was one of the, the reasons why I got into I have been in those
0: classes where somebody keeps asking questions. questions. you're like mm-hmm. this yeah. has been asked and answered. Mm-hmm. Right. Asked and answered. right, 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 <laughs> right. So that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. So that app in itself sounds like it deserves its own episode because yeah. there's a lot you could do with that. Yeah. okay. Yeah. But, um, so you learned to code in order to create that app. Right. right. Fantastic. Right. And
1: self-taught. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And how long ago was that? Uh, two, 12, 13,
1: 2012, 2013. Yeah. Okay. Because I had to wow. figure a way to, like I said, to kind of break it up, mm-hmm. to let people c- keep on advancing instead of pulling them back. And like I say, it was, it was a struggle at first because like I said, uh, you know, it, it sometimes... In a couple instances, it it became a little too much because, mm-hmm. like I say, a couple students kind of came to blows almost, oh, uh, my you know, started a mass argument because, like I said, yeah. you know, like you said, people just keep asking questions and asking questions. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you're asking the same thing. You're asking the same thing, you, oh, ask no, the right? same thing, you know. Yeah. So it gets kind of annoying to people that are trying to move on and progress through the program Mm -hmm. when they have to keep, you know, answering the same questions. So, yeah, so that's the reason why I created that.
0: You're really good at seeing a need and meeting it in really creative ways. Well, thank you. That's a talent and a gift that you're able to give other people. So thank you for giving that to this community. Well, thank you. And it's an honor to meet you both. You. So, you so, if people want to come to Taylor's Cereal Bowl Kitchen to see your great work you're doing out there, it's on Spring Street in Jefferson, Indiana. Jeffersonville, Indiana. That's, Excuse me. That's sorry. Right, that's right. Man, there's so many Jeffersons right. around here. Oh, my I gosh. That's right. But in Jeffersonville, Indiana. And um, they can follow you on Instagram. Yeah. And Facebook. And Facebook. And TikTok. And TikTok. And TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys are high-tech. Right. Awesome. All right. So... Um, if you have not already, subscribe to the Lou Review podcast to be notified when the next episode drops and learn even more about the cool people that make Kentuckyana great. We'll see you in the next one. Bye.